Now what? Now what? Now what? Now what? Now what? Yeah, so we're going to roll. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm excited about this episode. It's spray I'm, time. I'm more excited about getting into the present moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need the present moment. Mm-hmm. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. I know, it's odd for me. And because uh, my husband went out last night. He went out with friends. Yeah, he has oh. friends. He has yep. two friends. <laughs> And he went out with his friends and he got home late and I don't really, I don't sleep until he comes home, you know? So that was awkward and not awkward. It was just hard for me. Right. I I didn't have the greatest sleep that I wanted. Uh, This show is not about sleep. I'll tell you that right now, Uh, but (laughs) I'm really glad that we're we're here hanging out. Um, I'm hanging out with my friend Tamar Medford. And I'm hanging out with my friend Lynn Kennedy. We're hanging out with you and we have a special guest today. Are you, do you want to introduce her tomorrow? I am so excited. Uh, Wendy, who is an orgasm coach. Like yes! what, when I'm looking at what we have coming up this week, I got giddy because, you know, as you know, on the show, we talk about a lot of things that women don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And this is something actually in my own circle last year, we had this conversation and you know, the first time having some of these open, honest conversations about things like orgasms. And I was shocked what I heard. Mm -hmm. Shocked. I'm like, oh, we need to talk about this more. We do. Yeah. So welcome, Wendy. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Always talking about my favorite topic. (laughs) Nothing is off limits. Has it always been your favorite topic? I mean, to talk about or my favorite topic? Because those are two totally different things. <laughs> yes, they are. So has it always been your f- favorite subject in general? I mean, I've always enjoyed it. I don't remember a time when I didn't enjoy uh-huh. orgasm. So it was uh, uh, definitely high up there on my list of things. But I was very ashamed of the fact that I enjoyed orgasms. Yeah. So talking about it was very difficult. And you found your way. So let's go back in time. and and share a little bit about your story and how you created owning your O. So long story short, I was at a threesome with a couple Mm -hmm. and the lady asked me if I had ever squirted and I had no idea what squirting was and Mm -hmm. like, no. And she said, honey, make her squirt. And he did. And I was blown away because I didn't have any clue that that was even a possibility yeah yeah and then that same week happened to see a full picture of a clitoris um on my facebook feed how old were you uh this was just like five years ago so i was in my 40s already okay (laughs) and um i was like what else was I know about my body. <laughs> like what other things are possible and um kind of took me down a rabbit trail of discovering what the body could do and 
I have ADHD. And so sometimes I hyper-focus on something and I happen to hyper-focus on orgasms and couldn't stop until I understood as much as possible. It's a superpower, Wendy. It's a superpower. Yeah. And this, yeah. So, okay. I just want to stop, just have a little pause right there because you found out, like you saw that picture in your Mm forties and you were like, Oh my God, this is the female genitalia. Whoa. And then you also had this experience where you're having an explosion and you didn't even know about it. Right. So this is, I think this is kind of normal. You know, I think a lot of women have no idea what's going on down there and have no idea of the power of (laughs) the power to the pussy. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Now I had been masturbating since I was a little kid. I know people start at different ages, but I don't ever remember a time where I didn't. I didn't know what it was until mm-hmm. later, <laughs> but I had mm-hmm. been doing it since I was a kid. Um, but, and so I've had plenty of, plenty, plenty, plenty of orgasms up until that point. So I never thought there was a problem and, and there wasn't, and I, I don't want to say there was a problem. I just did not know what was possible because I assumed since I'd had an orgasm that that's, that's it, that a clitoral orgasm is is what everyone has. And that's, that's all there is. <laughs> Turns out there's a whole world of orgasm. There's a whole world, a whole world. Tomorrow yeah. you're being quiet. I'm taking notes because <laughs> yeah, <you are. laughs> this is something, right? Because there's only nope. certain ways that I've been able to. And now mm-hmm. that I'm starting to learn that there's so many more ways and techniques on how to get there, I'm, I'm, curious right because a lot of part of the conversation was like you said like the clitoral stimulation but penetration like that's something that I've never been able to achieve right through penetration so keep going and you know going that's uh typical too it took me a long time before I was able to have an orgasm through penetration too so that guy who made me squirt he just was really good and had a great technique and I think you could probably make any person. It is about technique. Let's just, let's just, it is about technique. Um, And because squirting is a biomechanical process and squirting doesn't always mean orgasm. It can go simultaneously, Mm -hmm. but you can squirt without an orgasm and you can obviously have an orgasm without squirting. Um, But if you can manage to get the orgasm and the squirting at the same time, that's a, that's a different world too. Right. Um, So there's, you know, one of the things I learned through this whole process is that there's multiple pathways to orgasm Mm -hmm. and there are multiple pathways within the vaginal cavity towards an orgasm. There's not even just one. So, but sadly myself included in this, I didn't even realize that I was, I didn't realize how disconnected from my body I was. Even when I had that squirting orgasm, I still wasn't able to have a vaginal orgasm yet at that time. And it was only through this process of learning what else my body could do that I even discovered that there's other pathways to orgasm. And there are multiple pathways within the vaginal cavity to be able to have an orgasm. And they're all 
like for me and I, what I've learned working with people over the last several years, most people are so disconnected from their body mm -hmm. and they have numb areas that they have, but you have no idea because the way you disconnect from your body is a very slow process. It doesn't happen immediately. It, it's like your brain just slowly starts turning off sensation because mm -hmm. it's a needed sensation to handle all this stress of life. There's only so much energy your body has to handle anything at one point in time. So having sensation in your vaginal cavity is not on the high priority of the hierarchy of sensory input. <laughs> so how does she, uh, our listener, how do we help her find her orgasm? Ooh, so I think a lot depends on where they are in their journey, but well, let's the, th like, think about you, like at that place where you just saw that, you know, that image on Facebook. So that's where she's at. Let's take yeah. her. Right. So, so I think part of that. Yeah. So back then I was not, I was only touching myself externally on the clitoris or using a vibrator. That was, that was the extent of my, my exploration, self-exploration. So part of that was starting to, you know, go inside and discover <laughs> what things felt like. I was so curious if I could feel any of those parts that I saw that I, um, that I started doing, that I did start going inside and starting to feel around. And um, I still didn't realize how numb I was though, because I didn't know what it, I didn't know what it felt like before I lost sensation. So I didn't, I, there's no way to know that I was numb. Um, I ended up working with a sexological body worker that was, uh, that's their job. And they're not legal everywhere, but in California, they are legal, luckily. And in working with her, I discovered that there was numb areas that I, I had no idea, but you can do it yourself. So I'm glad I went to the sexological body worker to discover that. And then I've now, you know, worked with other people for them doing it on their own to find those numb parts. I think the easiest way to find if something is numb or not is to use a, um, a glass dildo or a crystal wand in particular, because of the, the hardness and the smoothness allows you to feel the sensations differently, say than the silicone uh, dildo, but you'll be able to feel the pressure. But if you can't feel the sensation, then you know, it's numb. Okay. So let's just talk about crystal dildos and <laughs> wands, shall yeah. we? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, because I, popular those were those popular 20 years ago i think not right yeah so they're all based on ancient things correct, <laughs> correct. But in popularity like mainstream i guess mainstream is what i should have said okay. mainstream right so now everybody's kind of oh let's use crystals and put little yanni eggs up our hoo-ha and get orgasmic <laughs> which is awesome totally into it but right. the, the, the crystal or the, you know, the glass, mm -hmm. uh, you're saying is more, uh, effective. Yes. Yes. Um, 
100% yes. And so a lot of it has, it has to do with the hardness and the smoothness of the surface. Mm. Obviously, you know, crystal, when you get like a good quality crystal dildo, it's going to be more than say a Pyrex glass dildo. It's just, you know, material costs. Right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. uh -huh. um, so, you know, not a glass, a crystal dildo is not necessarily accessible to everybody as far yeah. as you know yeah. price so a glass dildo is still a wonderful wonderful tool personally for when it comes to releasing and awakening the sensations in there i don't know that there's a huge difference as far as effectiveness because it has more to do with the hardness of the the glass and the glass and crystal filled have the same consistency as far as hardness goes. Uh, however, with that being said, there is no doubt that the crystals have emit a different vibration. The cool thing about the glass is there's no vibration within the glass, so it doesn't change anything, but you can actually change the vibration using the crystal. So that's why those are cool if you have the choice. If you have a choice, go, go with crystal. Yeah. And so, okay. I, I'm digging this. Would you get the crystal Yoni egg too? Yes. I use them all the time. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, I have a colleague who she's a meditation teacher and, and she uses the Yoni eggs through her meditation practice. And I remember the first time going through that experience thinking, what the just happened to me? What just happened to me? It's quite uh, an experience. Tomorrow, have you used a yoni egg? Oh, I've never even heard of it. Okay. Wendy, you want to share about that? Yeah. So um, I have, have a yoni egg. So it's an egg shape and it's made out of crystal. And there, you want to get one that's a body safe, non-porous crystal. Uh, the most popular ones are rose quartz or jade egg. This is a practice that was you know, founded in China. And so they used to use jade back in China, but it doesn't have to be a jade egg. All the crystals have different qualities to them. Just like, um, you know, the jewelry that you wear has a different, has a different quality. They are going to have, you're going to resonate more with a different kind of crystal than say someone else. So someone may find the jade very appealing, but someone else may be really drawn to a rose quartz. Um, but it's a, it's an egg shape and you put it inside of your yoni. And for those of you who don't know what a yoni is, yoni is the Sanskrit word for womb. And it means the entire area of the female anatomy. So that includes the vulva, the vagina, the uterus, the cervix, the ovaries. And so yoni is just a nice word to say for everything. <laughs> um, but you put the yoni egg through your vaginal cavity. And in, into your vagina and have it be in there. And then you use your muscles to hold it in. Uh, there's different, there's different ways to use it. So I use it more for an energy practice, not necessarily for Kegels. Um, a lot of people and myself included, when I first you started learning Kegels or using Kegels, I didn't realize I was doing them incorrectly. And there's this really cool device um, called enjoy. I think it is the name of it where it will show you it's got sensors on it and it will show you how you're using your muscles as you're squeezing. So, 
um, when I worked with the sexological body worker, she showed me that I was weak on one side and really strong on one side. And just like you wouldn't want to exercise your right arm consistently and not your left arm, the using your muscles there is a um, is a practice. And actually, that kind of brings me to one of my favorite ones, which is actually using your finger inside of you and squeezing and and seeing how you're squeezing your finger like how are, is there a consistent pressure across your finger to be able to know whether or not your muscles are tight all the way around or just in one area and then i think i got off the topic of uni ache <laughs> and i that's what i kind of thought it it would was um so i was right in my thinking though so so thank you for explaining that now i just kind of want to go back you know, you talked about how we go numb in certain parts of the body. And so is it yeah. really just a matter of starting to really pleasure those areas and tap into that? Like, can you kind of explain that? Because I, I know lots of women who are like, well, I can't have an orgasm this way. So it's just, I can't have it. And most women can't, right? Not knowing mm -hmm. that you can yeah. actually start yeah. to what turn the sensation back on. So how do we turn the sensation back on? Yeah. Right. Okay. So I do want to make a very important point when it comes to female anatomy, it is more the same than not the same. So if one female can do something, another female can do it. And there, obviously there's some very outlier situations where there are some physiological differences, but they're so far and few in between and there's usually because of some, you know, birth biological condition or an accident that happened that would then prevent you from, from being able to do this. If you've had a pretty normal life and a doctor has never said that anything is wrong <laughs> with your, with your configuration, then you have the ability to have a vaginal orgasm. So I, and if you've ever experienced pain in your vagina for any reason, then you can have a vaginal orgasm because the pain means that there's nerve sensation. So we're getting, okay. Yeah. I lost, I lost my train of thought. Uh, so have you been to Bangkok, Wendy? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> okay. I just want to go there for a minute, right? Let's travel there okay. two o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And uh, it could be 10 o'clock in the morning. It could be one o'clock in the afternoon, right? And you yeah. walk in, you walk into that room and there are all the girls with their hoo-hahs right in your face. And they're squirting. They are uh, putting glass. They are like... I want, I guess my question is, do you think that those women are desensitized or do they train themselves to be go, 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 go? Because you're saying every woman has a capability to orgasm, right? Or to have pleasure. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, are they training themselves to have that kind of constant to be on? So if they're doing it, that means I can do it. Is that, okay. is that right? So there's two parts to that. Okay. First, I want to, the squirting does not mean orgasm. Remember, that's a biomechanical process. Yep. That's just, you can train yourself 
to learn how to squirt mm-hmm. and squirt anytime you want. Just like you can train your body. How, it's muscles. It's learning yeah. how to use, build up those muscles and use those muscles and squeeze them in the way where it's going to create the squirting effect. <laughs> That's, that is what that is. That mm-hmm. does not mean they're having an orgasm. So mm-hmm. I just want to make that clear. However, mm-hmm. with that being said, you know, there's women out there that have multiple orgasms. And as someone that has experienced that many, many times now at this point in my life, anyone can have them. If you're a female and you can have one orgasm, you can have multiple orgasms. However, it is difficult to have multiple orgasms through clitoral. It's not impossible. It's just more difficult because of the the structure of the component. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, however, the vaginal orgasms, you can have one right after another. So it's similar to men's ejaculatory orgasms versus non-ejaculatory orgasms. It's a little more difficult for men to have consistent ejaculatory mm-hmm. orgasms, but they can have multiple non-ejaculatory orgasms. Okay. So go back to the finger up, up in there and squeezing. Yeah. Yes. So this is about learning your muscles. So most women do not realize that once it's usually one side is really strong and one side is really weak and they keep clenching the one side that they keep strengthening the one side and not the other side. So when you go in and you put a finger in and you start squeezing and trying to, I do recommend learning your anatomy, like actually going in and looking at that because there's three different layers to the pelvic floor. So when you go to squeeze, you you there's three different layers you could be squeezing. And so when those women who have been practiced and trained their body, they know how to isolate the different layers of the, the pelvic floor to be able to get different things to move. So for example, um, I think a lot of people have heard about the dollar bill that gets rolled up and they bring it up. That's about using the different levels of the pelvic floor to pull it up. That's crazy. Yes, yeah. I do know that. But we all, we all have the same anatomy. Correct. Though. So yeah. we, we all have those same pelvic floor muscles that can pull a rolled up <laughs> bill. <laughs> Just pull it up there. That's your homework, <laughs> listeners. Your homework tonight is go and try and pull a dollar bill um, up there. One of the the ways to to work on learning the different muscles is to use a glass dildo or a um, crystal dildo and start seeing if you can turn and twist it using just your muscles. Mm. I love it. And see how, like, just put it in. And yeah. so even if you're not comfortable yet, like, really going in and exploring with your fingers, using the dildo and seeing how it twists and turns and moves. And if you can bring it in and out and playing with it that way, because that's going to be strengthening your muscles. And that's more what, instead of using the yoni egg to strengthen the muscles, that's my preferred method is to use the dildo because you actually get some visual feedback of what's Mm -hmm. going on inside instead of relying on possible numb areas to give you feedback. So with the yoni, Yoni egg, though, it's more about the energy work and using the crystals to move the energy around. And that's a whole different topic. <laughs> Do you want to go there? I mean, we can go there. I, I don't I don't mind going there. There's um, 
I know a lot of people think woo for energy work, but I come from a very analytical background, like families full of engineers and teachers. And so that's how I grew up is really being very grounded in science and facts. And um, I, when I first started looking at crystals, I thought they were pretty, but I didn't believe anything about them working or doing anything. And so I wanted to, so I used my ADHD superpower, <laughs> got obsessed with it. I wanted to find out everything I could about if crystals work or don't work. And it is true that the energy does resonate at different levels. And when we learned this in science class, that you can actually move, you know, like a magnet with another magnet and they're not actually touching, that is electromagnetic energy and crystals are within the radiant energy, which is a form of electromagnetic energy so crystals do actually move energy around so I just so good wanted to put so that good. there yeah <laughs> so that's why some some people will be really drawn to a certain crystal too versus another crystal because they're actually the energy of their body is being drawn to the energy of that crystal do you have a favorite crystal tomorrow uh i don't actually that's something that a lot of my friends have started to get into. So they're trying to, you know, draw me in. Um, yeah, I'm a huge smoky quartz. I'm, I'm really into the smoky quartz. I don't know why. I just like it. I guess it's being, it's like calling to me. That that was one of my first, first favorites was smoky quartz. And then went to rose quartz. And I think right now, carnelian's one of my mm. favorites. Carnelians are really great too. Uh, so if, you know, we're beginning to feel our anatomy and we're starting to understand, like I've got, it's kind of numb on this side and I have to, you know, kind of go into more of, I would think more of a meditative state to kind of relax and maybe empower that part of my body. Uh, how do you kind of help her awaken this? So, uh, with all of this, this is all about regulating your nervous system. So the reason why you're numb, the reason why you have these areas where you are kind of disconnected from is because your nervous system has been shut down and is dysregulated. So the way the nervous system heals is through safety. And the easiest way to show your body that it's safe is to do slow, deep pressure because that means you can relax. So if you've ever used a foam roller or the tennis balls, there's some people who say like move over. I can't over stand those things. Them. I can't stand them. Wendy, it makes me nuts. Um, my, no. my, yeah. my trainer says you get on the roller and I'm like, Oh God, no. It's like, <laughs> I know I'm going in for pain. Like I know it's coming. Right. Yep. Oh, right. So the, the best way actually is to just hold, find the spot lay there and hold it so the mm. muscle relax when you roll over it too fast in particular you're kind of sending two signals at the same time like release the tension from the muscle but you're also triggering your nervous system that you're not safe because the movement is too fast if you go slow and you just hold it it your nervous system will relax and the muscle will relax and they both will will ease out so that's how you want to do get work within your yoni, you want to go slow, like ridiculously slow. 
like nail pace slow. You can always pick up the pace, but you can't, uh, like if it's slow, your nervous system is going to say we're safe. If it's too fast, your nervous system is not going to feel safe. And so therefore it's not going to reawaken those nerves. When you go in slow, even if you think you're not feeling anything, if you if you're feeling nothing, that's because it's numb. And if you hold it there, there's a very good possibility that you will start feeling sensation after a few moments because the nervous system goes, oh, it's okay to turn the nerves back on here because we are safe and that's, and it has to do with the pressure because obviously, you know, we walk around and nothing's happening, you know, a lot of the time right? mm -hmm. <laughs> in our vagina, we're just sitting there. Maybe we're tensing a little bit, maybe we're not, but it's about that pressure to be able to release the, the, the muscles that are holding the, the nerves tight. Slow and steady. Slow yeah. race. Slow. I've been told that my whole life. And now I get it. It's all coming, you know, it's all making sense. So for the woman that's listening and going, okay, I like this is cool. I'm gonna awaken myself. How do we experience a really intense orgasm? That does require your nerves to be online, so to speak, and that requires safety. So I do want to mention that people who are in long-term, you know, partnership or maybe not long-term, you're in a partnership and you feel safe with them. This is not about whether or not your partner's safe. It's about the signals your body is receiving about whether or not you're safe. And that can be a learned behavior from a traumatic childhood, or it doesn't even have to be a traumatic childhood. If you're under stress all the time, because life, <laughs> um, your body may not feel that it's safe and it may have nothing to do with your partner or anything else. It may just deal with the fact that you have a stressful life. So it is about learning how to, there's four aspects to, to regulating your nervous system and everyone's going to have a piece that's a little bit better than another piece. And they're going to, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have be a different stages of their uh, awakening, so to speak. One's the physical level. So that's actually going in and working with the nerves and the muscles to release. The second is the emotional, which is actually your body. Your emotions reside in your body. And when you start releasing some of the, the muscles that have been tense down in your yoni, there are a lot of emotions that are usually tied and stored there. And if you don't know how to work and move through those emotions, you're just going to tense right back up again. And so most, so having an embodiment practice where you learn how to be in your body and be comfortable with being uncomfortable and learning how to move, let those emotions just roll through your body is another key component. Then there's the mental aspect of it, which is your mind. And it is about dealing with the thoughts, the feelings, and um, the memories that come up and being compassionate, kind, and understanding and allowing them also to pass through. A lot of times people will have one, one part of this component correctly. And then the other part is the spiritual part. It's about being consciously in your body, in your mind, and being aware, being that observer, you know, mindfulness, 
uh, I don't really think of mindfulness as being part of the mind, you know, component, because the mind is really about your memories and your thoughts and your feelings, but mindfulness as a, as a practice is more about that spiritual component. And this all has to do with different energy systems within your body that all run through your yoni as well. Did that kind of answer your question? It totally <laughs> did because there's so much of this that I can relate to myself personally and what I've talked to other women about. Um, you know, that needing to feel safe, that emotional aspect, like I'm learning in my journey right now to show my emotions and to feel safe. And it's made a huge difference, you know, in my life. And so, uh, yeah, I just, um, so basically you got to tap into all those areas and feel safe and yes. practice, practice, practice. Yes. Have fun practicing. Be curious. One of the biggest tip I will always give people is if you switch into curiosity, you automatically shift your neuro it's like the quickest biohack to create safety because you cannot be curious if you're not really in a safe place right if you're being stressed and you're having to escape from a lion you're not being curious <laughs> in that moment you're not stopping to pay attention and look around and see what's going on and being aware so switching into that curiosity uh will always help you regulate your nervous system I love that. Lane, do you have anything to add? No, I mean, this is the ocean of yum, you know, like <laughs> she's speaking my, I mean, this is, this is my language. So I get it. I'm all for, you know, finding homeostasis so you can have the best yes. orgasmic experience you can. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think I have one more question. This one. So, yeah, I think I just, I just, because I know tomorrow probably, cause she's the one that she gets all up there and takes the notes and <laughs> has all the questions. Um, so when, when you are in your first, for our listeners who are discovering that they're kind of just tired of their partner. Okay. Mm. Let's face it. This is where a lot of women are living where they're just like, uh, they roll over and they're like, uh, <laughs> you know, um, and perhaps, you know, she wants to explore and, you know, what, where would you direct her for that? I mean, yeah, there's masturbation, but what else would you say for that? So honestly, the vast majority of it needs to be done by yourself first. And the reason it has to do with that safety, when you are by yourself, you are more safe than you're with someone else. And as I said, it doesn't mean your partner's unsafe. It has, has everything to do with the way our nervous systems are designed. And in particular for, for the ladies out there, we have a process in a, our brain in order to get through the orgasm cycle where we're actually paying attention to people's faces and interpreting their faces. So anytime you're with a partner, that part of the brain that's gonna be paying attention to people's fa facial expressions is gonna be on. And there could be a completely subconscious, unconscious thing that is triggering you that's gonna make it harder for you to get to orgasm. However, everything in your body is also a skill. <laughs> it is a learned practice. 
or can be a learned practice, just like those women in Bangkok, right? <laughs> um, you can train your body to be able to orgasm easier. Now, when you do it with yourself and say with a, a dildo, a glass or a crystal, doesn't matter, right? When you learn how to do that completely with a glass dildo on your own to get yourself to orgasm, it will be so much easier with a partner at that point. You don't even have to tell them what to do because you know how to move your body into the right position at that point. And so as someone who found it difficult speaking up, when I was going through this process, I used to fake orgasms. I don't recommend it, but I also know that just saying stop faking orgasms is not the way it works because if just stopping things was easy, then no one would be depressed or anxious of any issues in their life, right? Um, I found it found it difficult to allow myself to be vulnerable to express my needs when I was with other people due to my upbringing. And so this process of learning how to completely pleasure myself, like thoroughly with different, with a dildo, like using that as a penis substitute, for example, and then learning exactly the positions that needed to be in, the amount of pressure, the speed, playing around with all of that, learning how to have different, you know, learning the different areas of, my vagina that could have an orgasm, right? There's the, the cervical orgasms, the A spots, the G spot, learning where those were and the U spot. So learning where those were, how to get to them by myself, because I didn't, it's easier for, you know, for me, I can just <laughs> move everything into the right spot. Then as I got well-practiced with that, it became easier than with a partner. Most of the time I didn't, don't even at this point, don't even really need to speak up. I can just move into the right position. But if I need it to be in the right position, they're trying to do something else. I'm be like, no, no, move over here. Because now I know I'm not relying on them to know how to pleasure me. I have all of that power within myself. It really is about owning your pleasure. You know, it really owning is about... Head. It's about just saying, you know, I, I, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, uh, who is this person next to me? And, you know, taking care of my business. Right. I think yeah. women, it, it's like, it's time for women to find that power, right. To say, I'm going to be in charge of this. I don't need a partner anymore. You know, I can do this on my own because mm -hmm. I think there's, you know, people are married 20 years, you know, and, and it's like, uh, so just, I, I want to just invite our listeners to just you know, grab a crystal or a glass dildo and, and really like, just be sassy about it. Be sexy. That's what, that's what I'm thinking right now. Tamar. Yeah, I agree. And, and this is a topic I've had a discussion about in the past is that when you have, you're in a relationship and it's just like that desire isn't there anymore. Um, you know, a lot of women think that by self-pleasuring, masturbating, they're taking away from that relationship, right? And it's like, well, my partner should fill that gap. And I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that because it's like, well, no, when, like Lane said, when do we empower ourselves? Like, cause we could probably show up better in our relationship as a result. Could we not? That's, that's yes, where my head goes. I, I can see you are excited. 
I'm like, 100%. That is like, if you want to have a good relationship with your partner, it is phenomenally easier when you know exactly what it is you need, because it is, in my opinion, it is no one's responsibility to make someone else's life happy. Like your responsibility is for you to be happy and for you to have all of your power for you to say, this is what I need. This is what I want. This is what makes me happy. This is not what makes me happy. And to rely on someone else to give that to you is sadly what most women have been taught through their life. And in some ways, women, I see women taking that power and say, oh no, I can have the career I can want. I could be a stay-at-home mom if I want. I, you know, They're taking that power. They're making those decisions for themselves. But when it comes to their pleasure, they're still relying on their partner to get them their pleasure instead of realizing that the pleasure is always in your body anyway. It's never your partner giving it to you. It is you allowing the pleasure to come through your body and if you have these numb, disconnected areas, no amount of, you know, like it doesn't matter what kind of partner you have. If you're not able to allow that through, you're still not going to have those amazing orgasms. That responsibility is yours and yours alone. And that's why you should own your O. (laughs) And that right there is it. Yep. Right. Be responsible for your pleasure. Oh, this is delicious. Wendy, so good. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Of course. Slow and steady. Slow Slow and steady. steady. Slow and (laughs) steady. You can learn more about owning your O in Wendy's work. Exactly there. Owningyourow.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. My pleasure. Always my pleasure. (laughs) Hopefully your pleasure too. (laughs) we'll see you next time bye everyone bye everyone okay so what do you think okay well i thought that was awesome um it it was awesome because they're i mean you know all about safety and exploration and staying curious and Mm -hmm. as women i don't feel like we do that enough no we don't you know and i hear it over and over and over again it's like take control empower yourself yeah i like this idea of a crystal yes toy yeah. 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 Not. I know. Not... I'm going on Amazon right after. <laughs> I was thinking we could leave some show. We could leave some links. Uh, yes. References of what we we've discovered. Well, and I think on our website too, right? We, if you didn't yeah. know, we have a resources section where, you know, every time we do these shows, there's going to be links to products that maybe we've tried, products that have been recommended. I mean. It's a self-care and fun section. So head on over to the nowwhatsociety.com slash resources. Yes. And then you can click down on self-care and fun. Yeah. Lots yeah. of lots of good stuff over there. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's episode. <laughs> <laughs> this whole week, it's jam-packed. Sexy sex. Yep. Uh, sex it up this week. Sex it up. Thanks for hanging out with us tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, you will. See you soon. Bye, everyone. Bye.